Live from the College of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at Michigan State University, it is now time to go beyond the X's and the O's with WKAR's Current Sports. You want to go after an athlete? One of my athletes? Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a star receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Yes, did I express to them I was mad? I was furious. Just furious. I know my wife will at least shot fake one time. We're talking about practice, not a game. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cat. Here's your host, L. Martin. people welcome to this monday fun day edition of wkar's current sports i am your host al martin it is july 26th 2021 yes the days are just rolling along here as we inch closer and closer now to the month of august and of course august symbolizes you know that that final month of 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 a real summer here in Michigan, right? So I hope you guys have been soaking up the sun and enjoying it. It was a beautiful Sunday. Really, really nice Sunday, folks, uh, here in mid-Michigan. Um, like the perfect summer day, really, if you ask me. I mean, temperatures in the in the high 70s, low 80s. Uh, the sun was out all day. You know, I know we've, we've been getting a lot, of, a lot of rain throughout this this summer here in this state, but... You know, and that, and that was the case on Saturday, but yesterday was gorgeous. So, uh, I hope you guys had a great weekend. Got a chance to get out the house yesterday. Uh, there is so much taking place, folks. And you know, as we knock on the door of, of August, that means that college football is right around the corner, right? And last week we saw Big Ten Media Days take place out of Indianapolis, Indiana. And we got a chance to hear from, you know, every head coach in Big Ten football, including your head coach of the Michigan State football program, Mel Tucker, who touched on a variety of topics. And on today's show, you're going to hear what Mel had to say, just in case you missed his press conference from last week. And I'm going to play that that press conference. And, you know, uh, so so that'll be in segment B, running into C as well. Um, and, and before I give you thoughts, uh, a few thoughts on, on this upcoming Michigan State football season, and before I highlight a few things that you're going to hear Mel Tucker touch upon, I uh, do want to give you guys an update on uh, a bit of news coming out of the Tokyo Olympics. And right now I'm reading, and this is of, um, this is as of 11 a.m. 16 more people 
that are linked to the Tokyo Olympics have tested positive for the coronavirus. That's right, including three unidentified athletes and uh, and organizers. So, you know, since the beginning of July, you know, 26 days ago, July 1st, 148 people connected to the Olympics have tested positive. Of the reported cases today, eight were games-concerned personnel, and four were contractors. And I'm reading this directly from uh, the Washington Post, uh, Roman Stubbs reporting here. Uh, One of those was a Tokyo Olympics employee. So the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee did not report any new cases from testing conducted yesterday. But uh, you're starting to see every single day, you know, some kind of Olympic personnel, an Olympic athlete or athletes test positive for COVID. You know, the Delta variant right now is running rampant in our nation and it's causing more infections and more hospitalizations and subsequently, sadly, more death. So... Uh, and, and, and we knew coming into the games uh, last week that we would see positive cases because Tokyo is going through a bit of a, a state of emergency right now when it comes to COVID. And uh, again, this Delta variant is threatening us again. All right. So 16 more. And, you know, when it comes to the world of uh, United States golf, uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but John Rahm had to withdraw from the Olympics on Sunday after he tested positive for COVID-19. And this actually marks the second time that the world's top-ranked golfer has tested positive for the coronavirus in as many months. Now, Rahm will not be replaced by Spain as the golf competition is due to start uh, come this Thursday. So again, Rom Rom plays for Spain. He does not play for the United States, but but still, um, very big name in golf. Testing positive and having to withdraw from golf competition over in Japan. So uh, Rom's uh, uh, story is also kind of like highlighted twice because. You know, this is now his second encounter with COVID-19 in the past two months. If you remember, and it it was a pretty big topic here on on current sports, and of course nationally, he was forced to withdraw from the Memorial Tournament in June after the third round with a six-shot lead. He probably would have won that because he he was just such in a a zone. I didn't see any other golfer even really threatening them uh, like that. Um, but you know, and then weeks later he returned and won the U S open at Torrey Pines. And that was uh, his first ever major championship. But yeah, he was forced to withdraw from the Memorial, uh, back in June after, um, the third round with the, with a six shot lead, uh, after testing positive then. So, uh, he then revealed that he was partially vaccinated. So got one shot at least when he was pulled off the course, that day for the memorial. So, and it's the thing again that we're figuring out with this this Delta variant that um, even if you are vaccinated, 
or partially vaccinated, you can still catch COVID-19. And we already knew that if you do get vaccinated, there's a possibility that you can still catch it, especially now with this highly contagious Delta variant. The thing is, in comparison to having protection with the vaccinations to not having protection, your symptoms and likelihood of dying are significantly lower if you do have the vaccination. So, again, just want to say that again. This is coming directly from the CDC. But uh, anyway, that, that's why Rom's story is also very big. Uh, but also, Bryson DeChambeau, one of the most popular players on tour right now. You know, I just saw him. We all just saw him participate in the match with Phil Mickelson and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Um, but DeChambeau, who is uh, representing, of course, Team USA in Japan, he tested positive, so he was forced to pull out of the Olympics this past weekend. Uh, he was replaced by Patrick Reed. Um, Patrick Reed, who will uh, fill out the four-man team of Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, and uh, Xander Shoffley. So those four representing Team USA. But, you know, it just it just really shows you how this Delta variant is really causing uproar and, again, uh, a fourth wave across our nation, across our world. So, yeah. But, you know, and, and you know, when it comes to the the competition, there, there are so many headliners out there um, right now. And uh, I think right now, let me look at the updated medal count. And, yeah, China. China is leading with uh, with 18 total medals. Uh, the United States have 14 total medals, seven of those being gold. So half of those being gold. Uh, China has 18 medals with six of those being gold. So that's what the uh, Olympic tracker looks like right now. I, I watched the women's gymnastics qualifications yesterday and Simone Biles, who is the uh, Michael Jordan. She's the GOAT of the gymnastics world. Uh, it doesn't matter what gender you're talking about. We've never seen a, a, a gymnast do what Simone Biles can do. But she qualified for everything, all four events. And what was the announcers were saying and what was a, a really off day when it comes to her standards. But an off day for Simone Biles is another gymnast or any other gymnast greatest day. <laughs> So uh, congratulations to to her. Um, and then just looking around at, at, at other headlines uh, when it comes to what's taking place out in uh, out in Tokyo. So as it concerns latest updates for today, um, I'm seeing here that the United States men's gymnastics team finishes fifth in the team final. The Russian Olympic Committee wins gold. So congratulations to the uh, the men's uh, uh, gymnastics team representing Russia. They they pull out numero uno, the top spot there. Uh, again, U.S. men's gymnastics finishing fifth there. Uh, also, I see that Naomi Osaka uh, cruised in her second match, which is awesome. And let's see here. Katie Ledecky finishes first in the 200-meter freestyle qualifying so she qualifies easy there, and uh, also she eases through the first woman's 1,500-meter freestyle heats in Olympic history. So the first time those have been introduced to the Olympics. So uh, the other big story, 
Coming out of the Tokyo Olympics for, for the United States, well, the United States men's basketball team, which may not, and, and again, we, we usually pride ourselves on having the top basketball players in the world, right? Which we do. No question about that. Even though I believe there's great international competition, as we are finding out, and have we, as we have found out over time, uh, I still be, I still believe that the best players are right here in these United States of America. But it's all about it's it's more so not about talent. It's about style of style of play and how these dudes play with one another. You know, because I think that a lot of the United States players thrive on that AAU style where, you know, it's it's ISO basketball, one-on-one, a lot of one-on-one stuff, uh, not mu- very much a team game. Uh, as the late, great Kobe Bryant noted when comparing United States hoops to that of international competition, and he, Kobe is a, is, a, is a dude who knows all about international basketball because... You know, he grew up in a whole other country, for goodness sake, and, and, and got to compare the styles, uh, something that he talks about in his book very thoroughly, Mamba Mentality. But Kobe always said that the fundamentals and the team game of international competition trumps that of these here in the United States. And I think that's what we're seeing right now, because if you haven't seen, and, and, and we kind of saw the writing on the wall when it, when it comes to this team due to how they struggled in exhibition competition. Even though it was exhibition competition, Team USA usually doesn't lose those kind of games. Exhibition or, or not, right? But they did. And we didn't worry. We, we hit the not worry button saying, okay, well, it's exhibition. They'll turn it up once the Olympics begin. Well, if you didn't see, the United States men's basketball squad well they fell over the weekend yep they lost yep they fell to france at the tokyo games for the first olympic men's basketball loss since 2004 that's how far back you gotta go yeah a 25 game it's at the 25 game olympic winning streak Dating back to 04 for Team USA. 83 to 76 was the final. And uh, speaking of the final, the final blow came when Evan Fournier, he, uh, he drilled a three pointer with about a minute left to play to, uh, to give the French the lead for good. Um, and they completed that a comeback actually after uh, the United States had an eight point lead with four minutes to play and they blew that lead. Uh, it was the biggest of his 28 points in one of the finest games that Fournier has ever played. I also want to acknowledge that uh, Rudy Gobert uh, also on that team. And look, I mean, this is a team with a lot of talent. Again, a lot of talent. You know, players like Kevin Durant, you know, Drew Holiday, uh, Zach Levine is over there, Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, uh, uh, our very own, Michigan State's very own Draymond Green is over there. So this is a team with a lot of talent. But again, in comparison to international competition where they they embrace a team game more than here in America, and when you're putting all of these stars together, 
and they're used to being the guy on on their respective teams, and then you're giving them really no practice time and saying go out there and win basketball games, well, against a fundamentally sound, talented international squad that is used to playing the, the team game, well, that, that can lead to losses. It really can. You know, um, also want to acknowledge uh, Nicholas Batum is also on that squad. You're seeing now just how 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 prevalent the game is internationally that you have multiple NBA players on on rosters of other countries now. I mean, take Luka Doncic, you know, in his Olympic debut, he scored 48 points. Yeah, Luka Doncic is just, oh, uh, he's representing Slovenia. Uh, that was a 118-100 to 100 victory over Argentina. But 48 points, dude, and we see Luka put up crazy numbers like that on the regular in today's NBA. So that, that's the recipe you have right now. You know, uh, Team USA is probably not the gold medal favorite. It, it, it's shocking to say that. But, you know, gone are the days in which, you know, U.S. men's basketball teams, you know, like the dream team of back in the day, you know, gone are those days where where you're just blowing out teams and afterwards, you know, even the competition that you play is like asking for your autograph and, and wanting to take pictures because they're so in awe of the U.S. basketball players. That's how it was during the dream team days. I mean, Michael Jordan would go out there with Magic and Larry and, and you know, you know, Clyde Drexler and... It's that incredible, incredible roster. You know, Patrick Ewing, all those guys. Charles Barkley. And they'll whoop on these dudes. And, and, and those same dudes will come back and say, hey, man, can you can you autograph my jersey? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Gone are those days. Because those international stars are balling right alongside the American stars on the regular on an NBA Wednesday or Tuesday night. So, yeah, so that happened. And, and I'll probably go into more detail later on this week uh, on, on current sports concerning Team USA. Um, and you know what? Because of time, what I do want to get to the Mel Tucker press conference, and, and, and I want you to hear what Mel Tucker had to say as the Michigan State football program prepares for this upcoming season. You know, you can really feel football right around the corner as you look day after day at that calendar. And as we inch closer and closer now to August, uh, it, it really is right around the corner. Uh, but Mel had, a, had, had, some, had some great things to say about his team and, and talked about uh, a variety of different topics. Uh, you know, and, and also um, players like uh, senior defensive lineman Drew Beasley was in the house representing MSU, uh, junior wide receiver Jalen Naylor, uh, senior safety uh, Xavier Henderson. So, uh Three great representatives right there of Michigan State football. I uh, want you to hear what Mel had to say after this first break. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Monday Fun Day edition <laughs> of WKAR's Current Sports. All right, welcome back to WKAR's Current Sports. Again, as promised, um, I want you guys to hear a bit of what Mel Tucker second-year head coach of the Michigan State football program, a bit of what he had to say at Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis, Indiana. Here is Coach Mel Tucker. 
from Michigan State University, head football coach Mel Tucker. Thanks, uh, everyone, for being here. Uh, Commissioner Warren, uh, thank you for, uh, for your leadership. Uh, thank you for um, running this, uh, this organization in a first-class manner. And this event today is, is outstanding. Um, it seems like we're finally getting back to normal, um, and I really appreciate that. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting uh, some new folks today, and I see some familiar faces uh, out there, and it's just uh, a great feeling. This is my first uh, Big Ten Media Day, and so it's a dream come true for me. Um, the Big Ten is an outstanding conference, a lot of history and tradition, a lot of great players, a lot of great coaches, um, and it is truly a privilege uh, to be here. I brought um, three uh, great young men. Uh, with us, uh, with me today, uh, Drew Beasley, uh, Xavier Henderson, and, and Jalen Naylor. They're going to do a great job representing uh, Michigan State University in our football program. Um, they're just wonderful guys. They love football. They live football. Um, but they're even better uh, people uh, off, off the field. Um, I'm really excited about the, the season and uh, for a lot of reasons. I'm excited to finally be in Spartan Stadium with our fans. We have some of the most passionate fans uh, in the country, uh, and there's a lot of pent-up demand for Spartan football, and I can't wait to get in there with the fans, uh, the, the band, the, the cheer team, Sparty, and our players uh, feel, feel the same way. Um, we have gained ground in our program. Since the end of the season, you know, our, our objective was to aggregate marginal gains across the board in our organization. There's coaching, support staff, players, uh, strength conditioning, nutrition, training room, equipment room. You know, everyone just get a little bit better. Okay? Everyone get a little bit better. Do your job a little bit better, okay? And you add that up, okay? And that's how you get better fast. And that's what we and that's what we have to do. I feel the momentum in our program in 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 every aspect. I believe that your your team is built in the weight room. We made tremendous strides in our strength and conditioning. We're bigger, faster, stronger. In recruiting, we have momentum. We have 34 uh, new players on our roster that we did not have at the end of last season. Some of those players came mid-year. Some of those guys uh, came this summer. Uh, 15 transfers. And 
our roster is stronger, it's more competitive, and it's going to lead uh, to a better brand of football. As a program, um, we believe in process. We believe in process. We're not focused on the outcomes. The process of things that you have to do, the behaviors that you have to exhibit day in and day out to build a winning organization, to have consistency and performance, attention to detail, sense of urgency, teamwork, togetherness, a culture of accountability. That's we're, we're moving in the right direction. You know, we've got a lot of work to do, and we're work in progress, but the process of day-to-day and cementing that culture of accountability um, is, is uh, I feel the momentum. It's, it's coming together. Uh, our players can feel it. Our coaches can feel it. Our donors can feel it. They're excited, and we can't wait to get going. Um, we stress competition at Michigan State. Compete to play, compete to stay. You either like it, you love it, you live it. If you're at Michigan State, as a player or coach, you better live it. Because that's what it takes to get to where we need to go. We need to gain ground. We're behind. We're playing catch up. And the competitiveness of our our roster, that has increased tremendously because of recruiting. Guys know that they're going to have to bring it each and every day okay, in order to get on the field. And that's what we want. And guys are embracing that. They know they're getting better. Okay, They know they're going to have to compete. Okay? And we're just going to keep our head down and, and continue to go to work. We do have a chip on our shoulder. We really do. We've got a lot to prove. People tell me, Coach, for you, this is really like like year one. No, it's not year one. It's year two. You know, we got to get this thing moving. There's a sense of urgency in our program, in our building, um, and I'm excited about that. When you think about Michigan State, you think about Michigan State football, you think of tough, hard-nosed, physical, meat and potatoes, not a lot of French pastry, all-weather football, that's what Michigan State football is, is all about. Rugged, lunch pail. It's a, it's a working program. It's for, the, it's for the people. It's for the fans. There's a certain brand of football that's expected at Michigan State. We recruit to it. We coach to it. That's our culture. That's what we have to look forward to uh, this fall. You know, culture is a process. You know, infrastructure precedes culture. We have the pieces in place, the staff, the support staff. We have the resources. We have the infrastructure that has has created a winning culture, a winning mindset. Culture is everything. And when you step in our building, whether you're a recruit, you're a player, it feels different now. You can tell that we're moving in the right direction. Um, I want to thank all of the Spartans who have welcomed me with open arms uh, since I began uh, February 12, 2020. Um, It's been truly special. 
Michigan State is a family. It's a family atmosphere. It's always been that way. And from day one, I've been, it's, 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 it's been great. They've welcomed me in. Coach, we're glad you're here. We're looking forward to what you're going to bring. That's, that's very special to me, and I appreciate that. Michigan State is, has been my dream job since 1997. It's not, this is not just another opportunity for me and for us in East Lansing. This is, this is a dream come true, okay? and, we, and we, need to, we need to make it work. Our fans, our alums, 550,000-plus living alumni, our former players of Spartan Dog, they deserve the type, winning football, the brand of football that they expect, tough, physical, Relentless. That's what that's what our fans deserve. That's what that's what Spartan football football is all about, and um, it's my job, okay, to to get that done, to get that done. And so um, we've had an off-season conditioning program, which we didn't have a year ago. We had spring practice where we gained ground, okay, and we had we've had an excellent. Uh, summer conditioning program uh, and to lead us up into camp, which starts in a couple of uh, a couple of weeks. So, um, with that, um, I want to I want to thank you for what you do, uh, getting the word out for our players, our, our programs, you know, amplifying the message. Without you, uh, we could not do what we do. So, I really appreciate uh, all of you here, and I look forward to uh, seeing you got seeing you all and, and meeting you at some point. And with that, we'll open up for questions. Okay, in the back, your hand raised behind you. Writer Thomason with the Junior Journalism Program. What made you want to coach the Spartans? Oh, that's a great question. What, what was your name again? Writer Thomason. Writer? Yeah, that's... Writer. Writer. Okay, writer. Um, great name. So what made me want to uh, coach the Spartans? Uh, again, uh, Michigan State gave me my first coaching opportunity in 1997. It's where I started my career. I started here as a graduate assistant in uh, 97 and 98, making $400 a month for two seasons. And it was, a, it, was, it, it was a transformative opportunity for me and for my family. Okay? And Michigan State has always been a special place to me. And so when the opportunity came for me to come back, um, it was... Uh, the toughest decision that I ever had to make uh, in my in my professional career, um, but it was the right decision. Okay, uh, Michigan State is home for me, um, and I want to give back. Michigan State gave me a gave me a, my, my start in in, in in coaching. Okay, and I want to bring a cha- I want to bring a national championship to East Lansing. In front, Joey. Hello, Paul Fanson from The Only Colors. Hello, you Paul. You started your career at Michigan State under a young coach named Nick Saban, but you also started your playing career with a young coach named Barry Alvarez. I wonder what lessons you learned from those two great coaches that you now apply to your current position. Yeah, I was in Coach Alvarez's uh, first recruiting class in 1990. We were 1-10, 5-6, 5-6 in Rose Bowl. Uh, I learned from Coach Alvarez how to build a program from the, gr- from the ground up and be relentless in that pursuit and, and resiliency 
uh, Coach Alvarez gave us T-shirts uh, after our first season, after our one and ten season, that said, "We will win." And he told us, "You better wear them on campus." He made us wear those T-shirts, and he had a process. He believed in it. Um, he was resilient and relentless, um, and we were able to get it done. Um, and the, re- the the rest is history. That's what I learned from Coach Alvarez. Coach Coach Saban. Um, I've known him since I was 17. He recruited me when uh, he was uh, when he was the the head coach at, at Toledo, where my dad played. Uh, I got a call from Coach Saban when I came home from uh, came home one day from high school. Picked up the phone, said, "Hey, this is hey hey boy, this is Coach this is Coach Saban from the Houston Oilers." I'm like Houston Oilers. What, what you, I'm still I'm, I'm a senior in high school. He said, "I just got the job at Toledo, and um, where your dad played, and you're one of my top recruits." And that's when I got to know Coach Saban. I knew at that time that he was very, very special. Um, and so, uh, what I learned from Coach Saban, I learned how to coach. I learned how to coach. I learned how to recruit. He told me on the, the, the first day, he said, listen, uh, the best players don't necessarily make the best coaches. Oftentimes, the best players are not the best coaches. You're going to have to learn how to coach. You're going to have to learn how to recruit. If you pay attention, you'll do, you'll do fine. And so um, I listened to everything uh, that he said. I wrote everything down. I was, a, I was a sponge. He's a great teacher, a great motivator, and a great developer of not just players but also uh, of coaches. Uh, I've, I've learned, uh, he gave me my start and he laid the foundation for me. Uh, and this is year 25 for me. All right, more with head coach Mel Tucker after this final break. You are listening to WKAR's Current Sports.
All right, welcome back to WKAR's Current Sports. I'm your host, Al Martin. Again, here is Mel Tucker from Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay, we have time for two more front right, followed by all the way in the back. Great. Uh, Jim Comproni, SpartanMag.com. Great to see you, Mel. Uh, In your uh, opening statement, you mentioned the importance of togetherness and teamwork. You also mentioned 33 new players on the roster, plus some others. How difficult is it to get that type of togetherness and teamwork when you have that many new players, including players in important positions like quarterback, running back, linebacker, defensive back, those guys that are, I imagine, going to be on the field? Togetherness, teamwork, challenges with that aspect. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. We were very intentional uh, in, in the very beginning when we arrived at East Lansing about building a winning culture, a culture of connection, you know, uh, connecting with our players, players connecting with each other, um, and building building trust and having some uh, having real authentic relationships. Um, and throughout uh, the, the COVID uh, season, uh, we did that. We did that. We 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 established the culture, the winning culture that that, that will uh, give, allow us to have to give us the ability to be successful, and so that culture was in place um, by the end of the season. It really was. So when we signed the new guys, and we had guys coming in mid year. We had guys coming in the summer. Uh, they they came they they came to Michigan State because of the culture because of what they saw what they heard what they felt and then when they when then when they when they when they got when they got to East Lansing okay they were welcomed with open arms with the with the current players by the current players and there, there wasn't a lot of sharp elbows in our locker room okay we, we knew we needed some more good players we knew we needed to, to gain ground okay and it was just a matter of come on in okay Let's show you how we do it here, okay? And the new the new players embrace that. Uh, the existing players taught that, okay? And so because of that culture and the, because of that atmosphere, the, the 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 environment and the expectations, we were, we we have been able to uh, to indoctrinate the new players uh, to our to our program, okay? Now at this point in the summer, we're all moving forward uh, together. United, and as a football team, not a just not just a collection of players. We'll close with the handsome young man on the far right. Uh, hello, my name is Ethan Kiu. I'm a junior journalist. Uh, coming off a rough season of a two and five record, how do you plan to improve the team? Yeah, thank you, Ethan, and thanks for reminding me about that rough season. <laughs> you were paying attention. Yeah, it was it was a it was a challenge. How do we plan to improve the team? The aggregation of marginal gains, like I talked about before, across the board. It's every, everyone in our organization, every department, every single day has to get a little bit better at what they do. That's, that's when, and if everyone does that and everyone knows that's important, that's what's required, okay, then you're going to improve, okay, and then recruiting. You know, you know. Obviously, good players make you a great, uh, make you a good coach. Great players make you a great coach. Okay, so we recruit every single day. Okay, and we've uh, through uh, the high school ranks and through the portal, we've added a significant uh, number of really good football players.
okay, that have improved our roster, have improved uh, the level of competition at every single position, okay, and guys are having to compete in the weight room, compete in our strength and conditioning, and you practice a lot more than you play, you train a lot more than you play, and when you've got a lot of good players all all competing, okay, and, and moving towards the same goal, knowing that they have to fight to get on the field, then you can't help but to get better. It's still sharpening still, and that's what we're doing. Thank you for that question. And thank you, Coach. Have a great season. All right, thank you. Go Green! Right, folks, uh, I'll have more takeaways, my, my personal takeaways from what Mel Tucker had to say. You just heard him there from Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, Big Ten Media Days. Uh, I'm going to do that on Tuesday's show to expound to find a, a few things. Um, also, we do have a caller today, my guy Alex from East Lansing. Alex from East Lansing checking in one time for the Facebook fan. You know who you are. We're talking United States men's Olympic basketball. Man, I know you guys are coming off of a hard season. It was short-lived. And, you know, so what? Everybody else in the entire world did, too, including France, Australia, New Zealand, etc. If you don't want to play for pop, and rep the USA shut the front door did you see Simone Biles the way she was looking at the judges after they dissed her girl Carrie 
out of the individual finals. Man. Well, as Carrie, you know, of course you want to go against your teammate or whatever, but Simone Biles, I mean, you know she's got this individual final wrapped up before anybody even can set foot on the floor. And hey, dare I say, the hottest team in baseball is the Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers? Really? Man and boys, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of them. Silly mistakes, field running, or base running, fielding errors. Not a thing right now. I really hope they can keep it up. They're putting the bat on the ball. They said I was crazy when uh, I said the Tigers would have finished 500. I am currently going to, for entertainment purposes only, pick them to win the division over the White Sox, over the Indians. And I'm going to parlay that with the, I know it's too soon, Detroit Lions making the playoffs. If you play that right now for entertainment purposes only, it's a plus 77,800. So 10 bucks will make seven grand. I mean, you know, it's all in good fun for entertainment purposes only. Alex from East Lansing. I'll love you guys. Yeah, a few things, uh, Alex. Uh, as I address with Team USA, I mean, you know, like you said, when you're Team USA and you have the best basketball players on the planet, even though we do know there is a lot of international competition, there is no excuse to lose, especially this early in the Tokyo Olympic Games. I'm totally with you there. Um, and, and as far as Simone Biles is concerned, she, you know, she qualified for all of her events yesterday. I didn't see that look that she gave the judges uh, as she was not pleased with one of her teammates, as you as you noted. Uh, I guess the judges <clears throat> um, score for one of her teammates. But, you know, Simone, uh, you know, I, I found it interesting during her her uh, media availability yesterday as she talked about uh, the pressure that comes along with being Simone Biles and how she feels like, uh, quote, the weight of the world is on my shoulders. And uh, you know, I just found I found that interesting because, yeah, I mean, everybody's looking at her. I mean, she's the most popular athlete at the Tokyo Olympics right now in terms of, um, you know, uh, just the anticipation of what she's going to accomplish again. So what she can accomplish again. Uh, the Detroit Tigers, yeah, they were pretty hot. Uh, up until, you know, this latest series against the Kansas City Royals, uh, the Tigers are now riding a three-game losing streak. They were swept against, um, swept by uh, uh, KC as they open up a series today against the Minnesota Twins. But, yeah, we'll see. I, I just want to I want to see how they rebound from a series sweep uh, after sweeping the Twins and the Rangers. We'll see how they rebound against the Twins, a team that, that they swept uh, that series prior to the Rangers. Uh, so, yeah, in the Lions in the playoffs, <laughs> I'll touch more upon that on tomorrow's show. All right. But, hey, I want you guys to have a, a great rest of your Monday. All right. Enjoy that beautiful weather out there. We'll see you on Tuesday. Be smart, be safe, and be easy, people.